Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hello to you, the automotive faithful. I am Reverend Hatfield, and I welcome you to Driven Radio Show, where we bring you the gospel of internal combustion. Here with me in the Driven Radio pulpit is our engineer and co-host, Minister Mark Grove. Testify. We are coming to you from the Temple of All Things Automotive, the Driven Radio Show Studios. Our special guest this week is Alan Galbraith. Alan's a repeat offender with us here. He was raised in a motorsports family, racing cars, boats, motorcycles, being strapped into drag boats when he was, <laughs> wasn't old enough to reach up to the counter. In the early 2000s, Alan began racing at the famed Bonneville Salt Flats, garnering more than a dozen world land speed records on vintage and modern modern motorcycles. After a career in the entertainment industry, he brought he bought the billet-proof hot rod and custom shows and founded Concours de Limones. The Concours is a worldwide series of car shows that highlight the worst of the automotive world in a tongue-in-cheek manner. Mark, this is your Dude, car show. It just makes me so happy. This is your car show, I promise This is you. why God made Vegas. Alan, welcome back to Driven Radio. It's been too long. How are you guys doing? Really good. We're thrilled to have you, man. Uh, it's yeah. been, been almost two and a half years since we've had you on the show. What have you been doing with yourself, and how has the Ascot and Print Bellbottom Resurrection <laughs> campaign been going? Well, you know, I had a little time off during COVID since uh, putting, <laughs> uh, putting on large gatherings of people was uh, no longer in vogue. We had to take a forced time out during COVID, but we shifted to online. We did the virtually awful Concorde de Limones. <laughs> where uh, people sent in pictures of their terrible cars and we uh, we grouped them in classes and had a whole panel of judges meet via Zoom and it included some luminaries of the uh, automotive and entertainment world. We had Brian Johnson, lead singer from ACDC, was one of our judges. Wow. Um, and a dyed-in-the-wool car guy. We had Jello Biafra, um, lead singer from the Dead Kennedys. Yes. Um, oh, my God. We had Mike Joy, we had Corey Coker, we had, you know, a bunch of folks from all over. It was kind of cool because we got people in that, you know, may not be able to make it to the show to be judges and had a, had a really good time with it. You know, it's been too long since we had you on, so I want to rehash a little history real quick. Last time we had you on, we talked about your college career, which is kind of interesting, and your work in the entertainment industry, which is even more interesting. Uh being that it's been so long, could you refresh our audience or fill in the blanks for the new listeners? Sure, sure. Yeah, I um, I come from an entertainment business background, went went to school for that, and you know worked in Hollywood in the music business and in the, the film and television business. Uh, did a stint in radio uh, for a while. Oh, um, no. He was in there with you, Mark. Uh, what, what were the years? Oh, geez. I went, uh, it, this was in the late 80s. I took a, a copywriting <laughs> class in college and the uh, sales manager for the uh, radio local radio station said, you're pretty good at this. You need to come work for us. So I pulled the overnights and Sunday morning shift at the radio station. Oh my God, was, I've been there. Sunday morning shifts are a nightmare. <laughs> Just trying to stay yeah. conscious, you know, while yeah. Jerry Clower talks about Jesus and jokes. It's a tough ride, it was, dude. <laughs> oh, it was great. I, I, I learned to do my homework my college homework in three, you know, two minute and 50 second intervals Absolute. between changing out records, right? 
Mark's ready to give you a virtual high five. Oh my god, yeah. I, I remember being able to use the bathroom, the full, you know, the full glory bathroom. Big potty. Make a cup of coffee and also read a little bit to prep for your next break in three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was well, amazing. I Time was- management. Woof. You know, you, you always had, uh, you know, Terrapin Station by the Grateful Dead you could throw on. Which is right? No, so did, did that, you know, was in, like I said, in the entertainment business uh, for, for a while after school and uh, kind of retired after out of that and got into, like you mentioned, I bought the uh, Billetproof series of hot rod and custom shows. You know, my father had been a hot rodder. I was a hot rodder. So it just, I ended up going to the shows, got to know the guys that were running it and they were ready to move on to something else, as was I. So I took that over, then kind of figured out how to do a car show, right? How to put on a car event, which I kind of use the same principles I learned in the entertainment business. It's a live event. It might as well be a concert or a a movie or a play, something that's going on. If curtains go up at this time and boy, you got to be ready. So you do all your pre-production and get that all settled and it worked yeah, without some, a few little hiccups along the way to, you know, things that are particular to car shows, but figured that out and then had always had this idea from back in the day about putting on a car show for crappy cars. Yeah, you went and- to all that time and trouble <laughs> to figure out how to run live events and put on shows, and then you parlayed it into the shittiest car show possible. This is what it led to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Just, and you not, know. not by production value, mind you. The production value is great. But the participants are god awful. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know built all this back knowledge and all this experience and how to do it and could have shot high, but oh <laughs> no, it's <laughs> yeah. that low hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah. That's that's kind of my mo, right? When I went to Bonneville and set set records, I looked for open records. My my first record I set was thirty miles an hour. I had the slowest land speed record on the books, right? <laughs> What, was that in that? Was that on that fifty cc pocket rocket thing? I had a YSR fifty, a Yamaha YSR fifty, fifty cc sidecar was the record, and it was when we got there, it was open. It was an open record, so we went out there and went as fast as it would go, which turns out is about thirty one point two miles an hour. Alan's and- in the pits, going, "I'm taking this bitch home." <laughs> Well, and then we quickly learned that's the way to do it is you kind of find an open record and then you don't go out and hammer it. You go out and sandbag for the first time. Like you go about half speed. Then, you know, you set the record. Then the next oh, day, you, you break, break it. it. That oh, way you get into it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you just keep bumping it. That know? is brilliant and wrong all at the same time. That's like magic. And oh, this yeah. is why we love oh, and Alan. Alan. <laughs> yeah. So, Props. you know, if there's a, if there's a way to underachieve at something, that's that's right where I'm at. And that was kind of the genesis of the Concorde Limon. So. <laughs> so for the uninitiated, again, for people who aren't familiar, explain the glory of Concorde de Limon's. And also while you're at it, will you touch on some of the categories? Because they're so stinking hilarious. I would be <laughs> remiss if I didn't have you mention <sighs> them. Sure, sure. Now, the Concorde de Limon's, our tagline is... We celebrate the oddball, mundane, and truly awful of the automotive world. And that is, it's it's actually was started as a little bit of a joke, kind of a ha-ha, we're going to be the opposite of the, of the big concours, right? And that's what it started out as. And what it quickly evolved into is a place for cars that don't have a home at any of the other big fancy events, right? That's no I'm, joke. <laughs> you know, there are... 
truly some awful cars, right, that show up just terrible stuff that, quote unquote, shouldn't be celebrated. But what we find is that the owners are just as passionate about their Ford Pinto as the owner of a Delahaye at the, at the big Concours, right? And a lot of times more so, right? And what we also found is that these cars hit a note with people you know, someone brings a ratty, rusty VW Bug to the Concorde de Limones, which we love, right? That's a that's a great car to bring. It's not terrible, but it's just not something that would be accepted anyplace else, right? But what we find is people have a story about that. Oh, me and 12 mm. of my college buddies stuffed, you know, stuffed ourselves into this you know, VW Bug and went to see a Van Halen co- concert in college, right? Or something like that. And not everybody's got a Ferrari 166 story, you know? Right. <laughs> so they, they're relatable and they're, they're fun. They're happy. So what started off as a, a way to celebrate the terrible cars and frankly, make fun of them, but also celebrate them, right? And have fun with them. What we found is that people, it wasn't just a joke. People were walking around. They were having a good time. They were reminiscing. They were exchanging stories. Oh, my grandma had one of those, or I remember getting taken to school in that and, you know, that kind of thing. And you don't see or hear that at the big shows, right? There's an appreciation for those cars. And I, I, you know, love a perfectly restored Duesenberg. They're beautiful. They're pieces of art, but there's just not that connection to them. Yeah, you're right? never going to put one in your garage. Yeah, and and even if you are, then you're not going to be able to use it, right? I mean, it's a yeah. it's a piece of sculpture, right? Um, and you know, if you do use it, then you're due for another half million dollar restoration in a couple of years, right? Yeah, and some people can afford that, and more power to them. But a lot of us can't, and a lot of us use our cars, and that's celebrated at the Concorde de Limones. So, and in a little bit of a snarky way, we do enjoy really <laughs> terrible cars, and we will point out their flaws because there isn't a car out there Ferrari, Delahaye, Duesenberg, <laughs> Lamborghini, Ford Pinto, Cosworth Vega that doesn't have some serious flaw to it. And we love showing <laughs> that part of it. <laughs> that's where the sexy is, you know? <laughs> but to that end, you do divide the cars into different classes. Yes, we do. And yeah. the and the class names you have are fabulous. <laughs> and if you could be so kind, uh, sure. just list a few if you could. We divide them up by uh, country of origin is the or the main divisions, and we have our Rust Rust Belt American Junk class um, that we then divide further into Ford, GM, Mopar, and other. Because frankly, there's just so much Rust Belt American Junk, we couldn't keep it all in one group. It's you know they're they're really terrible when they get old, so we had to, we had to divide those up for the sanity of the judges. Um, but then we have our um, soul-sucking Japanese appliance class. <laughs> for the for the German cars, we have the Der self-satisfied Krautenwagen class. <laughs> um, for the for the French cars, we have the unmitigated Gaul class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much good. Uh, we have we have Rufel Britannia, right? Um, <laughs> The, you know, Swedish meatballs, the list goes on and on. So, <laughs> Rufel Britannia, the first year I was there, had a four-wheel drive Jaguar XJS with a spare strap to the fl- to the flat trunk. And oh, back, my God, that's fantastic. Sitting next to a four-wheel drive MG. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> there is some truly heinous stuff that shows up, and that stuff was so good. I bought stickers of both and put them on a camera case. <laughs> so have the people of Pebble Beach tried to have you killed yet? Actually, we, we get along really well. Funny story about that. The very first year I uh, I did the Concord de Limones, we did it at, at, you know, during Monterey Car Week. Yeah, it's my favorite thing at Monterey. And, uh, you know, a few days before the before the show, you know, we're getting stuff ready and I get this phone call and it's an unnamed uh, uh, person from the from the Pebble Beach Concord. And I answered the phone and they said who it was. And I said, oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> I said, so tell us about this Concord de Limones. And I'm like, hey, hey, it's in no way making fun of your show. Of course, it, it was. Is. Oh, yeah, you think? <laughs> You know, and I, I told the story, hey, we want to celebrate, you know, terrible cars and kind of a home for cars that don't have a place anywhere else. And we're and, keeping them away from you, so you should be happy because I've got the riffraff. Right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, at, the end of, at the end of my, you know, very, very persuasive, you know, description of it, uh, there's this dead silence. And I'm waiting for, well, here's the cease and desist order, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't come. In other words, it's like, oh, well, you know, have fun with that. And, you know, good luck. And I appreciated that. And I said, so if you don't mind me asking, how did you how did you know about the show? Right. And they said, well, we were up at the polo fields uh, where, you know, the transporters used to unload and someone was unloading their Delahaye. And right behind it, they had a Crosley. And I knew that wasn't for our show. So I asked them where it was going. They said, oh, it's the Concord de Limones, right? So that was the first year in that Crosley won our most dangerous car award. So, <laughs> so oh, the last couple of years, uh, what have your winners been, at least at Monterey? Oh, my gosh. Um, they have this last year at Monterey, we had, and I forget the exact year, but it was a, a a 50s BMW 502. Okay. Now that's now that's not a particularly bad car, although it did almost bankrupt uh, BMW, which is something we appreciate. Any car that will take down <laughs> take down an auto manufacturer, we love to celebrate that. Thank um, Cadillac Cimarron, kids. Fossil Vega, Fossil Two. Oh yes, uh, <laughs> destroyed the company. We love those, right? <laughs> Um, but it was a it was a 502 that had been in a barn for at least 60 years, oh. had a, a, a mummified possum that had fallen out of the headliner, right? <laughs> and it was it had been untouched, uh, and that won our worst of show because it was a super bad example of a fairly good car that almost ruined a company. So it was uh, that that ticked a lot of boxes for the worst of show. <laughs> if memory serves, last year. It was a neo classic built on a pacer, wasn't it? That or, was a couple of years back. That was the yeah. the, the it's, it's called the Gremaliber. It was a gremlin <laughs> that was built uh, to look like an Excalibur. Excalibur? Oh, um, yeah. oh, god! So much bad there. You just got to look it up. It's so wrong. Oh. Yeah, that that won some extra points for the structural use of chicken wire. Um, so. <laughs> Get her done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a really bad car. How are we going to hold this together? <laughs> I got an idea. Uh, well, 
you know, not to be outdone, we do we do a show in Florida, um, opposite the uh, the Amelia Island Concours. And this last year, our worst of show at uh, at that event was a 1992 Ford F250 pickup truck that had the body and bed removed and had a ski nautique uh, boat put <laughs> on top of it. Um, so it was a four wheel drive boat. Um, that you could drive around. That was our worst of show from Florida because Florida, right? I mean. <laughs> when we had you on last, we were in the throes of the pandemic and we were discussing the possibility of maybe, uh, well, before we, we get to that, you were expanding. You were expanding and then we had the pandemic and it put a, you know, put a bat shoot on everything. I'm wondering, I know how busy you've been. How many events do you have now? How much has this grown in the last couple of years? We now, this last year, we had four in the United States, one in England, and we weren't able to revive our um, our one. Uh, we did one in Australia as well. Um, and the pandemic put the kibosh on that. That that event that we partnered with in Australia just came back this year. We're looking at joining up with them again next year. Um, they just wanted to get get that event to happen again before they started piling more stuff on it. Um, so we did four in the United States, one in England, and one in Australia. Um, we are looking for expansion. Um, you know, there's some geographical areas that we're not hitting. Um, the Midwest and Kansas City being one of them, we'd love to, love to come out. Um, we're looking at doing one in the Northwest as well. Um, so there's there's some areas we'd love love to expand to. So for Kansas City, how can we help? What can we do to facilitate that? We want this here so bad. Well, I've I've been talking to some folks. Uh, there's you know there's some uh, some pretty active car groups in the area. Um, you know there's a good cars and coffee scene. That's kind of what we're looking at. Um, and I've been talking with the museum as well. Um, you know, with I know they do an event every so often, and they've uh, indicated they'd love to participate. So it's basically getting a you know a, a critical mass of of folks together, and I think we just about have that. You know, and that's that's what it takes. So. Um, we're looking at uh, venues where it makes sense to do it um, and venues that'll have us, frankly. <laughs> yeah. I've had golf courses say, oh, no, you're not dripping dripping oil all over my golf course. I'm like, do it at Pebble Beach. They're like, they have different cars at Pebble Beach. We should have done it when the Olathe Golf Course was open. Oh, it was God. known colloquially as the goat farm. <laughs> that would have been perfect. One of the things that is so glorious about the Concours is that it attracts lots of inexpensive cars. And you and I have had a little bit of a conversation about what is the the appeal of cheap cars and uh, the fun that could be had there. What are some of your favorites? You know, it's, uh, boy, it's hard to say. (laughs) Anything you can have a good time with, and that's kind of what Lemons has taught me personally and, and a lot of folks, is you don't have to spend a ton of money on a car to to enjoy it. And sometimes spending, you know, having a cheap car makes it even more fun because you really don't worry about it that much. Um, and there's a lot of events that have opened up that you can take these cars to that you kind of couldn't before, uh, you know, lemons being one of them. We do a lemons rally as well. So it's it doesn't have to be a cheap oh, car. Oh, please, yeah. please, please, please. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, it doesn't have to be a cheap car to participate in the Lemons Rally, but the weirder and more awful, the better, right? You're going to get more points for it. <laughs> no, um, I have a fantabulous crap wagon that needs something like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and honestly, uh, you know, an event like Radwood has brought back some of the 80s yeah. cars that aren't, uh, you know, that there's some fabulously expensive 80s cars, but there's also some fairly cheap ones. Um, you know, the cor- the Corvette comes to mind. A C, you know, a later model C3 Corvette or even C4 Corvette, they're kind of at the bottom of their depreciation curve. And those are fantastic cars, you know. Um, you know, a C4 Corvette, boy, nothing says rad in 80s and 90s like that, you know. Yeah. It's just it hits a lot of notes and it's a really good car. If you can get past all the squeaks and rattles in the interior built. <laughs> Upside right. is by the time you're our age and you've been around car and motorcycle stuff enough, you're probably a little hard of hearing that goes a long way towards getting rid of the squeaks and rattles. Yeah, yeah. So a Corvette's a good choice. One of my personal favorites, and this is kind of a car you can do a lot with, is a Cadillac Elante. They're absolutely but terrible cars, but I think they're good looking. I mean, it does have a pin and farina body. I think it's a sexy looking car. The top comes down. You know, it's a, con- a two seat convertible. It's not a sports car by any means. It's kind of a country club cruiser. It's got a um, zillion buttons inside. <laughs> oh, a million buttons, and they all break, and the engines <laughs> blow up. You know. but there's. There's a there's a sweet little moment, almost like with a with an Italian car, right? When when they run, they're great, but they don't run for a long time. Yeah. Same thing with Delante. When it works, boy, it's it's not bad. They're a comfortable cruiser car. They look good. What you a strong endorsement. When they're great, they're not bad. <laughs> <laughs> wow, way to sell it. <laughs> Probably the best one in the world is a fifteen thousand dollar car at this point. Right. Yeah, ninety three so, with a North Star and all that, and comes with three. Yeah, you, there's there's one of the fatal flaws. You don't want the North Star. Yeah, you it don't comes, want the comes with five free gallons of antifreeze. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You want you want an eighty nine through ninety two is yep. what you want, and the other the ninety three and the eighty eight and eighty seven just avoid. Um, those are fun cars. Frankly, if you can find a Ford Pinto, they're great little cars. You know. I'm looking They're, at one right now on uh, Facebook Marketplace for 1500 It's a 1980 Ford Pinto. It uh, doesn't quite run. Burning Ford Pinos have killed fewer people than burning Teslas. Oh, Teslas, yeah. So Actually, yeah. if you want to yeah. get down to brass tacks, yeah. No, if you live in a non-smog state, you can get a later Pinto, and there's uh, Racer Walsh makes everything for that engine. You can build really? that engine to the moon, yeah. There's a reason why Ford Pintos and Mustang Twos were dirt track cars. And they make great little race cars, you know. They're fun as heck. It's because nobody would bump you in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Stay the hell off the bumper. You were the only car that never got hit. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of the same thing can be said for an AMC Gremlin or Pacer, right? Um, they're They're not horribly expensive these days. They weren't, you know, luxury cars back in the day. So they're, you know, it has a lower end build quality on it. But they're fun. They're inexpensive. You can take them to lots of events. You want to talk about a car that'll stop cars and coffee, pull up in a pacer, right? (laughs) What Uh used to be my favorite cheap car isn't a cheap car anymore. I'm I'm very saddened by this. The second generation Honda CRX. It used to be you could buy those for next to nothing, and they were fantastic little cars, and they got really good mileage. 
But yep. now the the word is out. Plus, you can't find any of them anymore that haven't been absolutely hammered within an inch of their life. I had one new. I had yeah. a, I had a 1990 CRX new, and it was a great little car. And I I really wish I could find its equivalent again. And it ain't out there. There aren't any. Yeah, they're all gone. They were cheap cars. They got used up and thrown away. They which did. is why some of the the ones that are still left are now expensive, right? Yeah. They're if you find one in any kind of shape, boy, they go for a lot. Uh, some of the cars I've had in the past, uh, the CRX was one, and it was fantastic. Uh, another one I had that was really fantastic when everything worked for 20 minutes was a Saab 9000 Turbo. And I, uh, I oh. loved those, and they were amazing, but they were so difficult to get right and keep right. Yeah, fantastic cars. And uh, look good in a convertible. And if you can get the Vigan version, they're, they're kind of sporty. Yeah. You know? Well, and then the 9000 sedan with the monstrous cargo hold it you fold down the back seats i moved a six and a half foot tall armoire in one oh yeah <laughs> they yeah. swallow up so much stuff and and let you go the downside is i'm pretty sure that the thing had a, a maintenance schedule that seemed to be in time with my mechanics boat payment <laughs> yeah. Here's one that the, from a little bit later. If you can find a WS6 Firebird, yeah, that's not a bad car. Um, you know, it's a it's a four seat Corvette. You know, with everything that comes with that, right? Yeah. But they're still they're creeping up. About six months ago, I saw one for you know like ten grand on Craigslist, and I didn't buy it. And now you can't see them for you know. 15 or 20. Yeah. If you can uh, grow the mullet and uh, listen to Loverboy, boy, you're in, right? <laughs> Turn me loose. <laughs> How many journey cassettes did you wear out in that thing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Last time we had you on, you regaled us with a story of catching three felonies, two misdemeanors, and an illegal U turn all in one stop, which is, that's going to be tough to Well top. played. Uh, yeah. Well, well done, sir. Uh, What's the second dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? Well, I I won't. I, I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations are up on this, but I I, I won't name the place or or name any names. But I went to a college. <laughs> Better to be safe. Yeah, I went to a college in in Northern California, a small rural town, and uh, it was uh, surrounded by a bunch of orchards and a and a, a very nice river that flows through the through the valley there. <laughs> And um, uh, one of my fraternity brothers had a 66 um, Valiant convertible. And our fraternity house had this great big parking lot in front of it. Boy, this thing was on its last legs. It had no top. It barely had an interior. It was rusty with no top and no windows. Uh, When people walked by, they threw their beer cans in it or (laughs) this kind of thing. And you know, he didn't care. He left the keys in it. It ran on, you know, three cylinders of the, the leaning tower of power slant six and smoked. And, you know, it was just barely mobile, but he, it was his and he, you know, he could uh, get around town until it started really going downhill. And one night, a bunch of us decided with him involved that it was time. And we, we named the car Flea Biscuit. It was time, <laughs> it was time to give Flea Biscuit a a viking funeral because it was not long for this world so we drove it out to the uh, river where there's this great big gravel area did donuts and burnouts as best we could 
And then there's this nice slope right out into the river. And it was decided to see how long a 66 Valiant convertible will float. Oh, God. And the answer is longer than you'd think. (laughs) Yeah, because I was thinking seconds. Oh, no. It floats enough to make it pretty far out into the river. (laughs) It it made it out into the river. And as it went down by the bow, all the beer cans and trash came floating up. (laughs) And all the idiots that had decided to ride along bailed out and swam back to shore and got in the other cars and drove home and didn't think too much about it until the next day. Uh Uh-oh. You guys didn't take the license plate off of it. uh, No one was that smart. Uh (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. The next day in the paper is a picture of the county sheriff's department dart rescue team boat in the river with some very interested deputies looking over the side at a window frame that was sticking just up out out of the water. Oh. River's not deep enough. <laughs> it was not deep enough, and it did not float long enough. And let me read you the <laughs> caption to this picture. It's uh, titled Car Surfaces. It says, members of the some county in Northern California search and rescue team investigate the flooded remains of a convertible car that poked its windshield above the muddy waters of the Sacramento River Saturday, just downstream from the famous bridge in the area. Uh, There is no sign of any foul play about the vehicle, and the only identifying marks that could easily be seen were a skull and crossbones on the car's hood. (laughs) (laughs) And the the final line is, authorities were unable to immediately determine the identity of the owner. Oh, my. Which tells me they didn't look too hard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Why why bother? This guy's not going to want this back anyway. Dumb kids. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Why the hell? We've been speaking with Alan Galbraith, head gasket at Concord de Limones. <laughs> Alan, take a minute and share all your social media links with us. You go to Concord de, uh, Concord de Lemons is how you spell it, or, or any way you want to search that on Google, you can uh, search it and it'll pop right up. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We have a YouTube channel with really <sighs> bad car videos on it. Uh, <laughs> commercials from the past that you'd rather forget, you know, things like that. And some videos from our shows on the YouTube channel as well. But all the, all the usual social media were on there. Um, check it out. Please come by one of the shows. It is, it brings some, some fun back to car shows. I, you know, I, I have people come up to me and say, I haven't laughed so hard at a car show. I can't remember when. Right? I can so, absolutely vouch for that. Absolutely. That's the entire idea. If, we're, if people are smiling and leaving the show chuckling, we've done our job. Alan, thank you so much for being with us again. I look forward to seeing you in Monterey. I look forward to seeing you in Kansas City. Anything we can do to help facilitate that, please let us know. You can tell me where the good barbecue is, and I've heard there it's is It's everywhere. Oh I will drive you myself. <laughs> Close your eyes, put your hands out, and just start walking. You'll yeah, find some. Yeah, this is, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, any city where when we do Monday night football here and they do a shot from outside the stadium and all you see is smoke from all the people barbecuing, <laughs> <laughs> you know you found the right place. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, I look forward to coming there.
I love Kevin Allen. That guy's funny. And the whole idea, funny. oh my God, I love it so much uh, for two reasons. One, because it does make me laugh. And then two, I'm like, hell yeah. Well, there's a third reason that you're leaving out, which is most of the crap that you're looking at <laughs> on Facebook Marketplace is going to show up. Dude, there. I would drive You'll a get Pacer. You're going to see it in person. I would drive, I would drive a uh, Gremlin. I would drive a Pinto. And I used to think Pintos were gross. A buddy of mine, his older sister, she was a, she's a bad girl. She drove a POS Pinto. And uh, occasionally we ended up having to ride with her to school. You were in this angry, angry ashtray. But uh, <laughs> uh, still, I, I would love to own one because sometimes they look cool. That, and that one that I talked about on Facebook, it even had flames painted down the side of it. I'm like, this thing is yeah. awful. Were they I want coming this. from the back? <laughs> My cousin Bill had either a 79 or an 80 Pinto. I think it was an 80 if they were still making them then. And pulled it into his uncle's barn at his, his uncle's farm in Illinois, backed it in, and apparently hot exhaust pipe too close to straw. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Burnt the barn <gasps> and the car. Oh, my God. So, uh, Did they sue Ford? <laughs> Pinot-related pin fire, but not a rear-end collision. It's just... That was the spirit of the Pinto taking little, it in. A little ironic. A little ironic. Don't you think? <laughs> as far as... Bringing lemons to Kansas City, and oh. God, we need to do this. I can't not express to you how much fun this show is. He got my head percolating because I'm like, if we could get sponsors for that well, and just get it covered and yes. get it here, the the amazing fun it would be. And I think the things it would do for the people involved, not just for advertising, but just for the connection to something so joyous and well, delicious and we, stupid. The, the museum does the great car show oh, every yeah. year down at Liberty Memorial, and it's big and great stuff shows up. And we had a blast there this year broadcast. That was, was so a fun. a ton of fun. But having another car show where it's just the pinnacle of the craptastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stu- so much stupid fun. We Rhonda and I were at that thing a couple of years ago out in Monterey, and there was a Nissan Altima there. But it was it had had stuff. First of all, it was just rotten. Oh, yeah. There wasn't much paint there. I think the paint color was drab gray. (laughs) And it had had all kinds of stuff glued and attached and screwed to it. And like a fake (laughs) foam rubber uh, machine gun on the hood. And the back window was wrapped in chain link fence. And, And they had taken Ultima letters and spelled out ultimatum. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> They'd gotten Nissan lettering oh, and spelled lovely. it ultimate. It was fantastic. <laughs> and the funny thing was, after the show, I saw that car driving around in Monterey and Carmel four more times. It was just great. Oh, that's awesome. And it was so horrible. <laughs> and I've said this before. I come back from Monterey, and everybody's got a Ferrari or a Merc. A McLaren or a Lamborghini or a Pagani or something else really wild and exotic and super expensive. When you see the crap boxes rolling around, you're like, dude, that's cool. If somebody has ideas about other people that would want to bring this in, please, you have an email please, address, don't please you? Please send them to brett at drivenradioshow.com. Please. We are absolutely wanting you to send us all of your ideas, good, bad, and otherwise, the bad ones are probably better. If you got people that want to hook up and grassroots the crap out of it, and really, uh, we'll really, hook it up. I, th- I think if we start collecting sponsors now, it's not going to take a ton of them to make this work. Yeah. And I think it, it you're 
just going to have a blast at the show. Oh. <laughs> so, Alan, again, thanks for being yes, on. Alan. Alan Galbraith, head gasket at Concord de Limones. Uh, go look up Concord de, de Limones. It's spelled <laughs> D-apostrophe-L-E-M-O-N-S. Uh, you can find them on all the social media platforms and also at their own website. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can follow us on LinkedIn at Driven Radio Show Podcast, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, online at www.drivenradioshow.com, and listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Mark L. Groves. Yo! Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Thank you.